This is The Playbook. Today I'm going to do takeaways of the week. Every month or so, I love to have everyone amplify the biggest lesson that they've learned. What I've learned is life is about these lessons and the lessons keep on coming until we learn them. Uh, They are indicated uh, by pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes that we have a lesson to learn and to understand we're being promoted and protected by these lessons. But one of the things I've learned about a lesson before I get to set the room with Jake is that a lot of people don't know what lessons to codify to reposit. So what I've learned is that the best way uh, to aggregate the lessons is only write down or capture the lessons that resonate with you. So as we go through the takeaways of the week, if it doesn't resonate with you, don't worry about it. And if it does, figure out how to capture it. But more important than capturing lessons, today make a, a mark by figuring out a system to access the lessons that you've learned because they're rendered irrelevant. Even the lessons that resonate with you are rendered irrelevant if you don't have a system to access your greatest lessons. So we're going to do takeaways of the week, the greatest lessons you've learned from all the people and places and circumstances and events that you've participated in and the perceptions that you've participated in. I want everyone uh, here to grow and learn in an accelerated pace, which is what the Breakfast of Champions is about. My takeaway of the week, uh, I created something called the stage theory stolen from Shakespeare, right? The whole world is my stage. Therefore, I should be capturing as much of my life as possible, modifying it, amplifying it, and perpetuating it. But there's a new lesson that I learned that wasn't available before, and it's discoverability. Uh, One of the criteria or litmus tests of the brand, whether it's a product, service, solution, or self, is how discoverable are you? And this realm of discoverability, because we have 7.6 million people in our larger consciousness, Uh, We want to elevate that discoverability or qualify the discoverability by our frequency. You know, who do we want discovering us? Because if we have people that may not be aligned with us, we don't want them discovering us because they'll create resistance or take up time in order to effectuate the disalignment that we have or frequency disparity that we have. And so discoverability is a great thing to focus in on because it's a confirmation of your ability to capture, modify, amplify, and perpetuate whatever it is, your product, service, solution, or or brand. But more importantly, working your way, connecting the dots backwards in discoverability. Uh, I've advanced the idea of discoverability to a point where I have an actual full-time discoverability employee And what does that discoverability employee do? It effectuates all the asking that I'm doing because we've aggregated so much content that's discoverable. We now want to go ahead and proactively stimulate interest to be discoverable. And so I have a full-time employee that's seven days a week, wherever he goes, and he's welcome to go wherever he wants to trade shows, conferences, speeches, masterminds, hotel lobbies, pools, wherever. But I want him in the course of his day and night to walk up to people and to talk to people and to say, hey, what do you do? And listen, and then ask them, hey, what do you like about what you do? And then ask them, what don't you like about what you do? And when they tell him what they're struggling with, challenges or things that they just don't like, he simply says, oh, I can introduce you to David Meltzer. And three things happen. Every once in a while, someone says, oh, I love that guy. And That'd be awesome. Uh, And every, hopefully less than once in a while, somebody says, 
oh, I hate that mofo. And then it gives him an opportunity to say why. And then actually gives me an opportunity to speak to that person to see what I'm doing to have a disparate or separate uh, opinion of myself and them. And then finally, the majority of the people, which is understandable for all of us, you know, who the heck is that? And then he simply asked them in the mode of discoverability, you know, do you communicate via LinkedIn or Clubhouse or Snapchat or Facebook or IG, whatever it is, and whatever they then state they best communicate, whatever platform that is, they simply just bring up uh, all the content I have on that platform and introduce them into it and have them follow me. And then I have now built onto a community of sponsors and power sponsors. And during the course of the day in person on the phone via email and social media, not only is my entire team in a mode of discoverability on a platform of capture, modify, amplify, and perpetuate, but we have an individual discoverable employee. So I want everyone to connect the dots backwards and think about the lesson of discoverability because it allows you to scale your product, service, solution, or brand exponentially by building a foundation or community of sponsors and power sponsors and providing them the frequency, the information in order to grow that community with that simple process of finding out how you could be of service or value, how you could help others or find others to help you and how they can help you and find others that can help you as well. Discoverability, write down, capture those lessons, modify them, amplify them and perpetuate them. Build a database to allow yourself to be more discoverable in person, on the phone, via email and media, traditional and social. And I promise you the exponential awareness and the resonance of the frequency of those who are at or equal to your frequency uh, will be aggregated and compounded to provide you great inertia and energy into what you the trajectory that you want. Anyway, Jakey Bakey, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, so happy to be here on Takeaway of the Day. If anyone wants uh, that template, by the way, the discoverability template, just go ahead, email me, and uh, that's in my thing, david at dmeltzer.com. Jake, go ahead, let's bring up uh, Mario. Let's do it. And yes, I will repeat it. I'll repeat it quickly here so everyone gets it. It's just david at dmeltzer.com, david at dmeltzer.com. Let's bring up our first takeaway of the week. Super Mario, welcome to the clubhouse. If you can please unmute yourself and share, welcome. Yeah, I always I love this. Uh, my biggest takeaway this week is a is an easy one to say for me to do, but it's a hard one to practice. And that is don't take things very personally. And as I've taken on that practice this week, I can already tell you it's been a struggle, but it's been a very much desired outcome in terms of uh, increasing the connection to my the relationships that I have in my life. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, the, Xander's wrote rule number six. And rule number six is don't take yourself so seriously, uh, completely aligned with uh, the need to be offended, which is the easiest need to feed. I wish I could feed the world as fast as we could feed uh, ourselves uh, with the need to be offended. Uh, but when you don't take yourself so seriously, it's so easy not to be offended. And if anybody wants to know what rule one to five is as well, it's go to number six. Life is so much easy. Forgiveness is so much easier. Gratitude is so much easier when we don't take ourselves so seriously. What a great lesson for those that it resonates with. Write it down and create a system to access it. Mario, thanks for starting us off with a home run. I appreciate you. Lydia, next here on Clubhouse to share her takeaway of the week. Welcome, Lydia. 
Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, I'd like to uh, just, uh, you know, share my um, takeaway of today. And it was basically that short phrase that said, I'm sorry is noise. And I loved the sequencing of an apology because I work <laughs> with people who have a tendency to not be able to connect with their emotions. They have no words for emotion. They are, um, in, in jargon, um, uh, it's, it's called alexithymia. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. I'm German, so forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, the um, idea here is to help them understand what words can basically connect with the reactions that they're triggering in others, which they are not happy with. Um, and it's not that, that easy in a, a, a task, but if you're um, familiar with the idea of uh, nonverbal communication, Every word counts for them. And they are very, very quickly frustrated, very, very quickly tuned out, and very quickly judging whatever they don't know anything about. So this is an incredible um, you know, phrase because of the fact that a lot of times when they do realize something after the fact, they say, I'm sorry, but that just doesn't do the repairing after. So this was a real, um, you know, nugget for me. And I'd like to yield the mic saying thank you to Amelia. Thank you, David. And thank you, Jake, for bringing me up. Oh, of course. And, you know, Heather Monahan, I believe, and I am always uh, expanding and expounding upon great lessons that I've learned from others as well. And give me one, which is never say I'm sorry, always say thank you. So uh, one of the negative or interfering habits that I had was always, oh, you know, I'm sorry for this. Or, I'm sorry to be late. And just thank you for your patience. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your understanding. Thank you for your awareness. Thank you for the lesson. Uh, and I think just the energy and the acknowledgement that comes with telling people thank you instead of I'm sorry uh, can change everything. And I do, when I say the words thank you, I feel differently than when I say the words I'm sorry. Uh, sorry is a less than energy and thank you is an ultimate energy. It's a love, it's a truth. And when we tell people uh, or expose or illuminate the mistakes that we've created and people do them all the time and we amazingly project uh, blame, shame and justification on others for the exact same activity or action or perception that we have. And sometimes within minutes, and I've seen this you know, with my own daughters who uh, will, you know, complain or, or, you know, worry or be frustrated with somebody that's, you know, being a mean girl. And then their response to the mean girl is to be a mean girl. Uh, or, or I've seen my wife, you know, get cut off and, you know, give the number one sign uh, to the person and scream at them and get frustrated and angry. And then within, you know, five minutes, cut somebody else off and say, what's, don't they know I didn't do that on purpose? Uh, of course not. And that's why we should say thank you for instead of I'm sorry for. And I think it will have a more fulfilling uh, alignment with what we do. And of course, it starts with us. And when you know we're thirsty, 
give water. When we're hungry, give food. And uh, when we have a need, give that need. And so when we're looking for gratitude, give gratitude uh, for the patients, the awareness, the identity, whatever it may be. This is an extremely important revelation that I have had. And I want to thank, I hope, uh, Heather Monahan for teaching me that about being late about thank you for your patience every time that I'm wait, late. That's uh, the response I now give. Incredible takeaways, and we're only halfway through. Jake, uh, let's go ahead and bring up the next takeaway of the week. Let's do it. Thank you for your patience. Heather has taught <laughs> so many people that. Dave, you've taught so many people that, so thank you to Heather. Let's bring on uh, Susie Miller. Susie, if you can please unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome. Hey, Jake. Hey, David. Good to see you both. <clears throat> this is kind of fortuitous because you talked about dis-ease. And one of the things, is going back to what Mario said about not taking yourself so seriously, I actually had the reverse happen for me this last week where I actually had to take myself and my word seriously and made a decision to step away from a, a, a business venture because I had to live true to what I have taught and say about people, um, being the most important part of your business, your life, and that if you put people first, profits will always come. And for me, it was this moment of dis-ease in leading up to that uh, lack of congruence within my own soul, mind, energy, and making a decision that, and when you talked about the dis-ease that you know, drives your cortisol up, that's been something I've really had to watch in my own personal health journey. And the ease that came in after making a decision that was in, in alignment with who I am and what I stand for, but the letting go of all the ramifications. Like, I can't control what happens afterwards. I can only make a, make a decision in alignment with who I am, who I'm called to be, the energy I'm committed to. And it was a difficult one, um, but the dis-ease that I was living in beforehand because there was a contradiction in my own soul was immediately, I remember looking in the mirror and going, I just feel relief. And so that sense of trusting ourselves and taking our word seriously, what we tell other people, are we walking the talk, living what we say, because in those places, and I agree with Mario, the places that he mentioned not taking yourself seriously is so important, but the times that we really have to align our actions with our words and with our convictions and with our principles. And so that was a very big takeaway for me this week that once I did that, the dis-ease lifted. Now, it doesn't mean it wasn't hard, but there was congruence once again in looking forward. So that's my big takeaway for the week. I love that takeaway. And it brings up a mechanism that I learned, you know, when we're at disease, when we are taking offense or whatever separation that we have from a participation in a perception of others or ourself, you have a natural reaction from the ego to resist it, to fight it, to go over it, under it, or through it, to go around it, to lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, or deny it. Uh, and what you're talking about is just stopping, right? And when we when we can just stop and breathe and bring ourselves, utilizing the dependent variable of time to put us back into ease, back into center, back into our baseline, hopefully a, a plateau for the day, a higher self uh, that we are in search of or pursuing. But if we can put ourselves back into a higher self, 
not only won't we accelerate in the wrong direction, but we won't have resistance or disease or interference to our higher self. And uh, this idea of, you know, when we have a need to be offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, unworthy, whatever you want to say, uh, our mind, our body, and our soul are on fire. Our mind, our body, and soul are at disease. It's at disease. And everybody knows when you are on fire that you need to stop first, then drop and breathe, and then you're capable of rolling in the right direction or trajectory of what you think you want in the future. And this is a confirmation of the only three limitations that we have is the limitation of the past is the meaning that we've given our past, the defined moments or inflection points of that past. The only limitation of today is time, which is why it's the dependent variable of everything. And if we utilize time in order to indicate progress of our potential, and then the limitation of the future, as you have quite eloquently stated, is self and how we perceive the participation of self with others is critical in accelerating, compounding, and aggregating a trajectory of what we think we want in the future. Other people call it pivoting or adjusting or evolving. To me, it's just mathematical in nature, utilizing these understandings or awareness of limitation and time in order to effectuate acceleration, growth, and of course, compounding of the proper behaviors and a trajectory of what we think we want by what we do say, think, believe, and feel in that trajectory. Absolute genius uh, from everyone. It, amazing, you know, how we get in our own way uh, is my takeaway from the takeaway so far. And I'm hoping that we can all alleviate that and utilize uh, the limitations in time and perspectives and participation in that to improve ourselves, to live at a higher selves, to live at ease. Uh, genius, I love it. I'm so excited. Uh, this has been amazing so far. Jake, why don't you reset the room since we're halfway? And uh, you know, if anybody wants that stop, drop, and roll, if anybody wants the discoverability document, you know, if it's free, it's we. So just email me. Go ahead, Jake. Let's bring up Doha here. Doha, if you can please unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome. Hi, my um, takeaway for the week is just show up. And it's extremely powerful. Um, I've been showing up to the gym. I didn't do anything for two weeks. I just go to the sauna and just <laughs> well, <laughs> well, like, I love it. Yes, just to build the habit, just to take it easy and to take the pressure and anxiety. Just make it simple, just show up even if you're not doing anything, just the fact that you showed up, that's already have the battle. And if you showed up for two weeks, okay, why not just try the treadmill after two weeks, you know? So I played with that and it actually, like I'm able to transform my life just by showing up. So that's it. Oh, oh my goodness. What a great one. Uh, I thank people for showing up and it's amazing what happens when you show up. Uh, and I always say the first five minutes suck. So go ahead and show up and see what happens after the five minutes. You can always go back to not showing up. Uh, and that never happens because once you show up, you have created momentum, uh, utilizing that inspiration, that motivation of showing up in order to effectuate the intuition, the intellect, and that inspiration continues to carry you forward. Uh, it's a great way to lower the bar, to have the show up attitude. 
Um, how many times, you know, do we decide to do something and show up to a party or to an event or to go outside or to the gym? How many times do we do that? I would venture to say every time. And we are so grateful that we did. So grateful that we showed up. Uh, and nothing's going to happen unless you show up. The first five minutes of showing up is going to suck, but then it gets extremely great. And by the end of showing up, we're always like, I am so glad, you know, including working out. You know, I always joke around because I love to run and I can't imagine how many times, because I run really early after my meditation at 4.30 in the morning, uh, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I do not want to go run. And then I say, just go outside for five minutes and run and go ahead and put your shoes on and your running gear on and get outside. And, and if you don't like it after five minutes, turn around and walk back, right? What's it going to hurt? Show up. I've never turned around and walked back. In fact, every single time that I go ahead and do that, I literally, as I get back uh, from running, go, oh, I feel so great. That was amazing. And uh, we live by feeling. That's the confirmation of what we do say, think, and believe. And we can utilize even time, uh, right? Time is the dependent variable. It's the pragmatic factor in all matter, subjective and objective matter. And it is aligned, believe it or not, with showing up. And so use that dependent variable of time to say, I'm just going to show up for this amount of minutes and watch what happens. If you're going to have a takeaway from the takeaways, uh, I love showing up as the takeaway of the takeaway so far for the day and for the week, for the month, the year, and hopefully your lifetime. It's amazing what happens when you show up and be grateful for those who show up for you as well. Uh, that will also uh, add to the exponentiality of a collective consciousness and a community like we've created here. Once again, I want to thank everybody for showing up to Breakfast of Champions every Friday. We've been doing trainings for over 23 years. We're on a webinar right now as well in IG and TikTok and Clubhouse. Uh, we have over 70,000 people that have shown up, registered for Friday training. Uh, believe it or not, it started with two. Two people in my office, at least Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, that showed up for a sales training. And it's evolved with these same philosophies uh, into what we have today. And I want to thank everyone for showing up. 